Okay, so I want to share with you this morning a, a message that felt, it felt quite profound this week when I felt the Lord started to speak to me about it. And I, I trust He's going to speak to you as well. I almost feel like the Lord wants me to, uh, almost for a season, focus a lot on this message. And it's basically about identity, the power of identity. And, uh, and sometimes we forget this. Sometimes we forget how important identity is, and I definitely have been. So I'll, I'm going to give you a bit of an, a, a background about it and, uh, and, and get into it. So I saw, a, I had this impression in this week, I had this impression of Father God and one of his children, like a daughter of his, and, they, and there's the statue but the statues are covered in wrapping paper. And dad and daughter were together unwrapping the statue. And I got this impression that when it was like finished, it was like ta-da, and the daughter saw this, and it was actually a representation of who she is. And she was like, no way. Is it possible? Can it be? It's like, you see, the, the statue represents our identity. And... It's like a gift. Who you are is a gift from God to yourself and to this world. And I, and I saw this picture and I saw this like this child of God so excited. So, wow, you must be kidding me. Is that me? Is that, is that the will of God for my life? I can't believe it. And I had this impression that that is God's heart. God the Father's heart is to reveal to you and to me who he has destined us to be. But many of us have no idea who we are. I promise you, 90% of us in this room don't have an idea actually of who we are in God. And the Lord wants to come and reveal that to us as a ta-da. This is you. This is what I made you for. This is your destiny. You're like, can't believe it. And, uh, and I'm trusting that this morning we're going to unwrap a few statues. I'm trusting you're going to get a revelation of who you are. That the Lord's going to open your eyes to see how glorious, how wonderful, how beautiful, how handsome He has designed you to be. Okay. So can you see, many of us live mediocre lives because we look at ourselves, our self-perception is, I'm mediocre. I'm ordinary. I'm, 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 not, you know, I'm not a bad person necessarily, but I'm not awesome. I don't have like a great calling on my life. So, you know, so we go through life living as ordinary, mediocre people. That was never God's will. Never God's will. Every believer is called to be extraordinary. There are no ordinary believers because Jesus lives in you. It's impossible for Christ to live in someone and that person just to be ordinary. Amen. Okay, let's say it. I am called to be extraordinary. Okay, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna click this at some stage. It's gonna sink in. In this week, I felt God speak to me. I, I felt the Lord ask me a question. I felt God ask me, "Do you have any idea who you are?" Do you have any idea who you are? Now, if the Lord asked me that question, then I presume I really don't know. 
And then I felt God the Father saying, you're my son. You're my son. And it said such an impression impacted my heart. Because often we say, just look at God. Don't focus on yourself. You're going to get proud. Don't focus on yourself. Just look at God. Look at him. And I agree, yes, let's look at God. But if we see God and we see he is awesome and we see he is powerful and we see he is glorious and we're blown away with who he is. But when I look in the mirror, I think I suck. Will this world be changed? It won't. You see, we're not only called to see God, we are called to see ourselves in God. If you want to write something down, you can write that down. (laughs) We're not only called to see God, we are called to see ourselves in God. There are so many scriptures in the Bible that says, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in God, in God, you are in Christ. All the promises of God are yes and amen in Him. But you know, dead religion wants to break down our identity so we can be humble. (laughs) You're a worm. You're nothing. Please don't be so arrogant. Sonica grew up in a house where her mom and her parents would often tell her, don't don't get proud. They're truly very humble people. But uh, my wife could have, it would have been good for her parents to tell her, you are amazing. Because she is. We're not only called to see God, we are called to see ourselves in Him. He's a loving Father. How can He be a loving Father if He doesn't have sons and daughters? His very identity, who God is, He said, I am Father, and He reveals Himself in us, His sons, His daughters. He's a loving God. Do you know He's a loving Father? He's a loving God. He loves you more than you can imagine. He's more excited about you than, than you can imagine. But currently, we have a scenario where I believe there's a whole generation across the body of Christ, across the globe, they're dying out. A whole generation of Christians, of believers who are dying out because they don't know who they are. So the enemy messes with them. They, perceive, they, they believe all these lies because they don't know who they are in, the, in, in, in that Void of not knowing who you are, any lie will fit. And, and how can I say? I want to take you to a best example: is the Israelites. They came; they were slaves. That was their identity. They came out of the Exodus. Moses led them out <clears throat> into the wilderness, and then they went to the promised land. And they they sent out these spies, and the spies went out. Twelve of them. They came back. Two said, "We're well able." Other ten said, we can't do this. So I want to read this verse, Exodus, uh, Numbers, Numbers 13, 33. Look at their response. They say, there we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Let's say that in our own sight. So 10 guys had a bad self-perception. They, we're just grasshoppers. We're nobodies. 
We won't be able to do this. Now you think about this for a moment. Not long before that, these same men experienced the most profound miracles that the world has ever seen. They saw the power of God like no other generation as God moved on Egypt. He basically destroyed a whole nation to set them free. Incredible plagues and miracles and things happened. They were all 12 were there. They all saw the miracles. But the miracles didn't change them. It didn't change them. It didn't actually impact their identity. So when they were standing at the promised land, the land God said, this is yours. They were looking at this and they were like, we're grasshoppers. We can't do this. I'm thinking, how can you quickly forget this powerful God that was working so amazingly on your behalf. And now suddenly, what, what, what went wrong? Identity. Identity. And I realize, and I feel the Lord has spoken to me in this last week, it doesn't matter how many miracles I do in the sense that God through me or some of us or a few leaders. It won't bring lasting change because people might see the miracles, might hear the stories and remain the same unless their identity is changed. You see, the enemy comes to us and he wants to put the Preachers on the, on the pedestal or the men and women of God who do great things, they are lifted onto that pedestal and the gap goes bigger and bigger. Because we think in ourselves, that's for them, not for me. Great things other people do, not me. The result, a whole generation died out. A whole generation. God said, guys, you're going to go around in the wilderness for 40 years until this whole generation has died out. Then the new generation will rise up and we're going to take the land. Root issue, identity. Root issue, identity. That is, that is at core, at the heart of if we want to see this world change, if you want to see your destiny fulfilled, you need to realize who you are in Him. Amen. In him, in him. That's what God, and I believe this morning, I'm trusting this morning, so I'm going to throw a few ideas or, or, or concepts to, uh, to help us see, to help us see. You know, for some of us might feel, you know, when we were born, there was a long queue and God was handing our destinies, awesome destinies. But you were right at the back and when he came to you like, oh, bag's empty, sorry. Ordinary, just ordinary existence, just try and survive. Sorry. Some of us might feel like that. Just ordinary. I don't know. eh? When your heavenly father says to you, you are my son, that says so much. You are my daughter, that says so much of who you are. And if you're the son or daughter of the almighty, wow, how can you be ordinary? How can you do nothing with your life? Now you have to step out and go. You see, the truth is we will always live according to our self-image. How you see yourself is how you will live. How you see yourself is how you will interpret your environment. How you see yourself. And there was a whole generation that died out because of a broken identity. Okay, so I'm trusting this morning that a few identities are going to be healed these guys, the 10 negative, the 10 spies that were negative, they said, we are not, if you go read the rest there in Numbers 13, you'll see, they said, we are not able. They were so passionate about, we can't do this, we are not able, that they actually wanted to stone the guys that said, no, we are able. 
And in, in Joshua and Caleb, they were really different. They, they said, we are able. He said, that's very arrogant of you. We, they said, we are able. Because they knew that God is with them. Let's say it, we are able. We are able. You are able. You are able to fulfill the will of God for your life. You are able to fulfill your destiny. You are able to overcome your every challenge or circumstance. We are able. For God is with us. God is with us. Okay, so I'm trusting you're going to catch something this morning. But there's a whole generation of Christians who will never take their promised land until they realize who they are in God. And a few weeks ago, I spoke about this, the whole question when Moses asked, who am I? It often comes to, when, you, when you're called to do something that is challenging to you, that feels, you, and it's like, who, who am I to do this? Who am I to dream big? Are you dreaming big? Are you dreaming? Have you given up on your dreams? Are you listening to voices that say, stop dreaming? Look at your circumstances. That's the voice of the enemy trying to break us down. The fivefold ministry leaders are called to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Ephesians 4. The fivefold ministry, the pastors, the teachers, the apostles, prophets, they are called to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So who are called to carry out the great exploits? The saints. But the key is they need to realize they are saints. Because the fivefold ministry people can only equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. But they must realize they're saints and no longer just sinners. Saints and no has-beens. Saints, sons of God, daughters of God. It's the only way to, to actually then equip. So we see ourselves in many different ways. You need to see yourself in God. But often we see ourselves, there's three things, three areas that we often see ourselves in. We see ourselves according to our past. We're often bound to our past. We look at our past and you might be 40 years old, 50 years old. You may say, well, I've never done great things for God. So how could that possibly change now? So we're almost bound to our past. And I always think about someone like Smith Wigglesworth, 45, 48 years old, when he had an encounter with God. And he changed the world from the age of 50 to 80. Close to 80, I think. It's never too late. It's never too late to catch fire. It's never too late to have that God encounter that flips your life. Moses was 80 years old. I think most of us still have time. He was 80 years old when he encountered God at the burning bush. And he had one glorious massive impact on life. And the big fight with Moses was... Moses, realize who you are in me. That was all. It's the same thing. Every time when God comes to a man or a woman of God in the scriptures, it's always this thing. I want to tell you who you are so that you can go and deliver a nation. That's what happened to Gideon. Gideon was hiding away, you know, in the wine press, sorting out his wheat. He was afraid. The angel appears and the angel prophesies to him. He says, oh mighty man of valor, God is with you. And he's like, what the heck? <laughs> then he starts his, 
all these excuses. Where are the miracles? Why has God forsaken us? God with us? You're kidding me. All these things, we're being tormented by these enemies. All these bad things are happening. Where are the miracles? Where is God? And then I am the least. I'm the nobody. I'm the smallest clan. I'm the smallest of the smallest. I am nothing. Then the angel completely ignores him and says, go in this might of yours. Huh? I, missed, I think we're missing one another here. God knew If he wanted to set a nation free, he had to break the bondages in Gideon's mind. He had to break the lies in his mind. God came to do spiritual warfare on who, how he saw himself. And that's the key. A renewal of who we are in our self-perception. I think if 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 I had to summarize the last seven, eight years of everything God has done in my life, it's been one thing. Trying to tell me who I am. That's it. Becoming comfortable in who he has called me to be. And I believe that's the same thing God wants to do with every one of us. He's just trying to say, hey, (laughs) this is who you are. Stop believing those lies. Stop believing those lies. You see, it's not only seeing God, it's also seeing ourselves in him. We also find our identity often in our present failures or challenges. Or we personalize and say, I am a failure. But then God comes to us and says, no, this is my future for you. This is my future for you. So I'm trusting for a release of hope this morning. This is my future for you. And then thirdly, often people's opinions. People tell us or impart to us often how we feel about ourselves, our our spouse, our children, our parents. Impart to us how we see ourselves. They are, in a sense, the mirror in which we look. The words they speak becomes our mirror. Well, if they treat me like that, then surely this is who I am. And then God says, God comes and says, no, 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 this is what I've called you to be. This is what I've planned for your life. And we see this over and over again. And the best example is Jesus. Let's look at this. Matthew 3, verse 16 to 17. Come on, we're unwrapping some identity things here this morning. If you get this, this can transform you. Jesus, just before he started his ministry, Matthew three sixteen to 17. It says, when he had been baptized, this is Jesus. Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were open to him. And he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. I believe that same voice is speaking today. That same voice is wanting to break through into your heart and mind so that you can see who you are. In this week I had this impression in terms of this verse, this God the Father, like Opening the heavenlies, looking down upon his son, telling the whole world, this is my son. I'm well pleased. I am so well pleased, my boy. I'm so, I am so blessed with you. He hasn't done anything. No miracles, no major ministry, anything. He's just starting his ministry. And yet the father comes and he says, my boy, I am proud of you. My boy, I am pleased with you. I love you, my beloved son. I am so blessed with you. 
the key for you and me to carry out great exploits in this life is to know that God is already pleased with us. Supernaturally through the cross of Christ. You know, but there's this other spirit, the spirit of dead works and hard works. It's always saying, it's the ministry of condemnation. In 2 Corinthians 3, it speaks of the ministry of condemnation, which was the Old Testament. And now the ministry of the New Testament is the ministry of righteousness. So in the Old Testament, it was always, you're not doing enough. You haven't read your Bible enough. You haven't performed enough. You haven't given enough. You haven't done enough. You're not cutting it. My boy, I am upset with you. My daughter, daddy is not happy today. There's a spirit. It's not the spirit of God. It's a spirit of the Antichrist. It's that spirit that's always wanting us to work harder and harder. Never enough, never enough, never enough. But there's another spirit, the spirit of Christ, the spirit of righteousness, the ministry of righteousness that wants to come to us and tell us, you're good. I'm pleased with you. I am so pleased with you. I love you so much. I'm so excited about you, about your destiny. I'm so excited about who you are. You're my boy. You're my girl. I love you so much. I'm pleased with you. That's what happened to Jesus. My son, I am pleased with you. Now go. Do it. I'm with you all the way. I'm not going to leave you for a moment. And it's like standing like a little boy. You're about to run onto the rugby field. You're next to the field. And dad, dad says to you, my boy, I back you. I'm already pleased with you. Now go have fun. Doesn't matter what you, how you perform on the field. You know, he will probably perform even better because he has his dad's backing. Pleased. You need to know if you want to succeed in your walk with God, you need to know that he's already pleased with you despite your lack of performance. As someone said, we're not working for favor. We are working from favor. Otherwise, you're always trying. (laughs) I'm not doing enough. I'm always... Trying to earn something that is already a gift by, from God. He's pleased with you. I saw this picture in this week while we were, um, one of the teams were together. And I, I had this impression of God the Father sitting on the throne. All the angels surrounding the throne. And then Dad takes out a photo of one of his sons. Of one of his daughters. And he's like pointing to the angels. This is my boy. I was so excited. This is my boy. Guys, look at this. This is my boy. This is my girl. This is my Claire. Ah, so excited about her destiny. I'm so excited about what God is doing, what I am doing in her life, what the spirit of righteousness is doing in her right now. This is my child. I had this impression God the Father is a good dad. So many of us have this impression that he's angry and he's upset and he's so disappointed. And whatever you do, it's never enough. No, he loves you. And all the angels are seeing his photos. Ah, that's his daughter. So now when Claire, the daughter of God, when she gets up and she prays, when she gets up and when she speaks, the angels say, ah, I know that photo. I know that voice. She's a daughter of God. Let's make it happen. Boys, come on. Let's make that prayer happen. Let's make it happen. What do you say, Claire? Angels, make it happen. 
in Jesus' name. So this is at the, at the heart, at the core, our identity. Our identity but, but it's also how we see the Father. If you see your daddy God is always upset, always angry. I know some of us have had like parents that maybe weren't that excited about or, or was never enough. I must say, I, I got a revelation of my heavenly father. He's, he's a good dad. He's a good dad. He loves us. When nobody else believes in us, he believes in us. So I want you to see this. He is celebrating you in heaven right now. Let's say it. He is celebrating me, celebrating my identity and my destiny. Amen. Come on, you need to see this. You need to see this. You need to get a revelation of it. And so as I said, there are two ministries. The ministry of condemnation, Old Testament, and this is the the devil's work, the accuser. Always telling us you're not cutting it. You're not good enough. Then there's a different ministry, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And the ministry of the Holy Spirit is the ministry of righteousness. In other words, one of the primary works of the Holy Spirit is to come to us and reveal to us that we are good with Him. Through faith in Christ. Through Jesus' death on the cross. He took all our sins away. He dealt with all our stuff. And the spirit of righteousness, the the Holy Spirit, the spirit of sonship, his mission is to reveal to you, this is who you are. You're a daughter of God. You are are called to do all these amazing things. Wanting to reveal to you, you're good. When the Father looks at you, he doesn't see your sin. He sees through the cross, he sees Christ. Do you realize that when God relates to you, It does not relate to you according to your past. He relates to you according to your future. He relates to you according to your future. Like 20 years into the future, this is is a man of God. And now he's bringing it back and he's relating to you according to that because he wants to reveal to you who you are. What is a prophetic word? What is a prophetic word? A prophetic word is when you hear the voice of God and you speak it to someone or to yourself. But a prophetic word is like a snapshot from the future. It's like God, the Holy Spirit, going, the spirit of sonship. I want to bless you. I want to bless you. I want to bless you. I want to reveal to you. You're amazing. Okay, hold on. Hold on. I'm coming. Going into the future, 20 years into the future. Snapshot. Boom. Picture of the man of God 20 years into the future. Now, going back. That's you. That's you. Uh uh, can't be. I'm the smallest of the smallest of the nobodies. I suck. Look at my past. Don't look at your past. I've washed it away. When you put your trust in Christ, I washed it away. You are now a son of God. Come on, just see it. See it. There's something so powerful about a prophetic word that reveals to you who you truly are. Or blow your mind. And many of us have experienced those moments of a prophetic word coming and saying, this is who you are. Now the challenge is to embrace that, to make that your own. 
And to start seeing like that. You see, God wants to persuade you. He wants to reveal to you who you truly are. And that is the key for you to take your promised land. The key for you to stop messing around in the wilderness and to move in and accomplish the very reason, the very purpose that you were born. This is the beauty. Jesus doesn't just wash away our sins. God gives us a destiny, a purpose to fulfill. It changes everything when you have a destiny. Think about this for a moment. Imagine you qualified, you could possibly win a gold medal at the Olympics in the very near future. Would you be inspired to train? Yes. You would, you would train, you would eat right, you would go for it. Because you have this destiny, this goal, this mission, and it's significant. We would live differently with that sense of significance. But now we think, ah, I'm not athletic. I'm fat. Okay. Chips dip TV. Here we go. <laughs> I think we've got a few chips, dip, chips and dip TV Christians here. <laughs> because we've lost our hope. Some of us have lost our hope of of having something significant to achieve in this world. We come to church, sometimes some of us just to sort of sort out our conscience. I was in church. But it's different when you're going for the Olympic medal. It's like to hell with the TV and the chip and the dip. Veggies for Jesus. (laughs) Let's do this. Come on. It truly does change the game. We will live differently when we realize why we are here and what we have been called to. And it's never too late. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter what your past looks like. At any time, the kingdom can come and things can change. Amen. But that's the, the ministry of righteousness, the, the spirit of sonship. It's a, one of the, the names of the Holy Spirit. The spirit of sonship wants to reveal to you, you're a son. You're a daughter of God. And he's your dad. He's huge. Makes you think of, who's your daddy? But who we are and how we see ourselves is defining for how we will live. Who we are and how we see ourselves is defining before, before, for how we will live. Our identity in God is our anchor. For Jesus it was. I mean, just after this happened, this voice, suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. It was driven by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness and the devil himself came and all he did was attack his identity. If you are the son of God. And so when we know who we are, we can go through the trials and the storms and we will stand strong. We are known in heaven. Dad is handing out pictures like we would of our kids. All the Facebook spammers, all the mommies and daddies. Ah, he walked. Ah, he ate. Ah, he pooped. Ah. <laughs> and for dad, it's amazing. It's amazing. We love it. The rest of the world, I don't know if everybody's excited about it, but as parent, you are. <laughs> you are. And that's a picture of our heavenly father. He is so excited. <gasps> he 
He prayed today. We spoke, I spoke to my boy. It was awesome. That's the heart of dad. And we are known and celebrated in heaven. The devil's work is to condemn. The Holy Spirit's work is to reveal to us who we are in Christ. God is already pleased with you. This is so empowering when you realize he's already done it all for you. Three things that identity impacts. Our identity empowers us. Our identity isn't based on our performance. God sees us and relates to us in the context of who he has called us to be. And he wants us to see it in the same way. Thirdly, our identity strengthens us to stand in the midst of storms and conflict. Because the first thing that happens when you do not know who you are is that when adverse circumstances come, you will be intimidated. You'll be intimidated like the Israelites were. They were intimidated. They forgot who they were. But when you know who you are, you are, it's impossible to intimidate you because you know your source. Everything's different. Jesus lived differently. He was a son. Even when he called Lazarus out of the tomb, he just said, Father, I thank you that you always hear me. Lazarus, come on, buddy. Let's go. He just knew. He had such a security. And I'm trusting this morning for the spirit of sonship to come and whisper in your ear that you will know who you are. So as I said, the prophetic word is not only a picture of your future, but it's also like a magnetic force that pulls you into it. When that word comes, I have called you to do the following. I have called you to do this. Then it's like this, in 20 years in the future, it's like this beacon. And now it's pulling you. It's pulling you. It's like bringing supernatural acceleration in your walk with God. Because you know where you're going. You know God has said this. You know this is what he's doing. Even if it's vague, you don't know clarity about exactly what it is. But from the scriptures, we can see what God has has called us to be. Brings an acceleration. So we on, on Wednesday, we had a, at our life group in Southernwood, we had a time of prophetic praying over one another. And I was just blown away by some of the words that were spoken over some people that are relatively young in the Lord. And it just blessed me because now I know who they are. Now I know how to relate to them. So I heard this uh, prophetic guy, he says he has prophetic words of all his friends. So when they phone him up and say, hey, I'm battling, I'm battling, he goes to his file and he pulls the prophetic word. And he said, but God said the following over you. Why are you freaking out? Come on. So there's a point where we need to relate to one another differently. You see, my son, when we dedicated him as a baby, our senior pastor of our church family, he prophesied over him that he will impact millions. Millions. I made a note. I'm going to relate to my boy as if he's powerful, as if he's called for great things. I'm going to prepare the way for him. I shared this with you a few so while ago, but came back from church. I was uh, a bit distracted. Vian was sitting on the floor playing with something. And then he looked up at me and he said, Dad, God just spoke to me. I said, ah, what did he say? He told me that when you're dead, I'm going to lead the church. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to die. 
soon. <laughs> but that, I believe that was a word from God. It was just so rare. It was just, God just told me that when you're dead, I'm going to lead the church. But how would we know how to relate to our children or to our spouse or to those around us if we don't have the word of the Lord revealing it to us? Sonica would tell you most of the profound words that she has received in her life that's been defining was actually words that I gave her. I feel the Lord is saying this. I feel the Lord is saying that. And then over the years, we see it being fulfilled. So many prophecies, so many words from God because it pulls you like a magnet into your destiny. So you need to trust the Lord for a word. But you also need to do warfare against the lies of the enemy. Look at this, 1 Timothy 1 verse 18 to 19. Now the Apostle Paul is speaking to Timothy and telling him to do warfare. This charge I commit to you, son, Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. Say good warfare. Wage warfare by what? By the prophecies having faith and a good conscience, which some having rejected concerning the faith have suffered shipwreck. So he's saying, my son, Timothy, when we prophesied over you, the Lord said the following things will be for your life. Now, Take up those prophecies and do warfare with them. Warfare? Where? What? How? Out there? No. In here. Do warfare. Take those words and do warfare. The Lord has said the following over my life. I'm an evangelist or this. I'm called to do that. It will be in Jesus' name. I silence these other voices, the ones to break me down, continuously tell me that I'm not good enough, don't qualify enough. It can also just be scripture where God says, there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ, etc. You must take those and do warfare. And the next part of the scripture says, for some have suffered shipwreck. Shipwreck. You see, well, how does... How does Someone suffer shipwreck. You know, if your life was represented by a boat and you would lose your way, you would find yourselves on the rocks. Shipwreck. The prophetic word gives us guidance, direction. The word of God, the scriptures gives us guidance, direction. But there's something about knowing I have a significant calling upon my life. I'm not just here to survive. I'm not just here to make it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to impact lives. Because you're my dad. And that steers your boat. Even in the storms, it will steer you through the storms because you know it's worth it. Hope anchors the soul. I must say, I'm willing often, whenever I go through a bad time, challenging times, even when people are persecuting and accusing and etc., etc. Some of our pastor friends, we joke about it. We say, yo, you must have a big calling on your life. Yeah, well, we do. It's worth it. It's worth it. If, if it's worth going through pain, if you know it's going to go to the gold medal, it's worth it. Yeah, I'm going to sweat. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to <laughs> gold medal. I'm seeing it. National anthem. Seeing it. And in the same way, you need to see it. You need to see it in your mind's eye. You need to keep it before you continuously. 
And if you don't have the prophetic word, that's why we have life groups. That's why we pray over one another that the Lord may reveal to us glimpses. I was blown away on Wednesday. I am so excited. (laughs) I am so excited about seeing what God sees about someone. You have no idea who you are until the prophetic word comes and awakens. But you need to start off by saying, God, I want it. I want to know who I am. I want to know why I'm here. And obviously sometimes it's it's not very specifics, but it's components that gives you that strength to go for it. And then just the last, last verse. You see, we call to not only see God, but to see ourselves in God. And this verse says it beautifully. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Say liberty. True liberty is when you realize who you are in God. That's freedom. You're free. You're no longer a victim or a puppet of circumstances or afraid of the future. You are free because you know who you are and whose you are. True liberty, and this is the work of the Holy Spirit, to reveal to us who we are. And then it says, but we all with unveiled face... Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. It's amazing. It says, unveiled face, unveiled face, looking into a mirror. What do you do when you look into a mirror? You're seeing yourself. You're seeing yourself. This is me. I'm looking into a mirror. That's what scripture says. We're looking into a mirror, but the mirror is God. We're looking, we're peering into the goodness, peering into the love, peering into the, the heart of our daddy God. And then we see ourselves. Because he becomes our mirror. And then we are transformed from glory into glory. Isn't that beautiful? I think that's so profound. I've never seen this before. We are not called to only see God. We are called to see ourselves in Him. And then we are transformed. The key for transformation is to see ourselves in Him. To know He's your dad. He loves you so much. All things become possible to those who know who they are in God. All things become possible to those who know who they are in God. We know the scripture says all things are possible to those who believe. But those who believe are those who know who they are in God. It gives you this confidence. I'm going to step out and I know God's going to back me up. I can walk into any environment and things are going to shift. Because I'm a son of God. You're a daughter of God. Amen. I'm just throwing out a few. Things I'm trusting for revelation to, 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 to hit you. As in this week, I felt the Lord asked me this question. Do you have any idea who you are? You're my son. You're my daughter. I believe this is a key component if we want to see our lives changed and our environments changed.